just hit the button. I'm like, I don't like the politic. And regardless of what you believe, just say whatever you got to say with your chest. And he took a deep breath. <laughs> And he said it with his chest. Why are the so, days of a politician claiming they did not inhale, you know, the weeds? Um, but you were trying to explain why you understood the other side for people. Oh, sorry. At so, not um, when in critical race theory. When the Nazis, there was a symbol. In America, there wasn't necessarily a symbol. It was just, hey, you're white. No, you're that's that's not the. And hold on, let me finish. The guy everybody hates, Nate. The main character. Nate is not the main character. Rue is the main character. Bro. Bro. And this this is my controversial statement. This is the reason Let's why. Hear Let's hear your I controversial statement. Definitely jealous of my brother at some points. But um, it is what it is. You know, you grow, you learn. So you go to therapy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Cuzzo Convos. I'm Cuzzo Mandy. And this is Cuzzo Nate. We're back for another episode. Cuzzo Nate, how have you been doing? It's been an interesting week. Started a new job and uh, it's been a long week. Um, It's going to be a a long weekend. Uh, You know, I'm going to see some friends that are coming in town and yeah, it's going to be, sorry, doing some more wedding stuff and uh, Mm. it's going to be a long weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So the long week is like, okay, it's a little bit stressful, arduous because it's like work stuff but then the long weekend can still be like fun even though you know it's going to be like a lot. You're like, oh, I'm going to see my people. And then the wedding is somewhere in the mixture because it's like, it's going to be stressful all the planning but it's headed towards a very special time in your life so you're like excited about it. It's a very good summary of all of that, yes. You know, it's uh, it's, it's, I just think it's good. Like, I just look at this week and I'm like I'm not going to feel rested by Monday. That's all. Like I knew last week I wasn't going to be a full rested by Monday. So, but it is what it is. You know, we move I do understand that. Like, while I like to keep busy, I do look forward to the moments in my life where I get to um, experience my bed. Yeah. And, and have some real um, dedicated, passionate time with it. Mm-hmm. Even like today, so my my week has been kind of long too because it's that week when I have that like monthly report that's due mm. and there's been all this extra stuff that has been added to that report. So I've been having to do overtime. And today I really wanted to like take a nap before, because I knew we were doing the podcast, but yeah. I didn't get off of work till about an hour and a half before we were getting on the podcast. Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, if I fall asleep, there's no it's guarantee right. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get back up. Dang. So I just watched um, some old, old stuff on Netflix to wait it out. Dang. Okay. Okay, okay. That sounds... Uh... That sounds tough, cause I I know I need a little minute to come off of work 
Well, I didn't today. Like, I literally <laughs> got out of work, said, what's up to my fiance? And then I was on a phone call with you. So, you know, there is no time for anything in adulthood, I guess. You have to make time. Yes. And I feel like decompressing is definitely a thing I like to make time for. Like, even typically when I know I'm doing overtime and I did it this week, I like to do my eight hours, get off of yeah. work so I can decompress and cook or do whatever, like, errands or chores I have to do in my house and then get back on. Because yeah. I'm like, otherwise, I'll just be tied to this desk and this work life and I won't live the rest of my life. But today, it was like, no, I have to do something later. So I really need to... And I wanted to, to finish what I had to do. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so that's I was, especially because I'm like, going into the weekend, I don't want to be tied to my work desk. I want to enjoy my weekend so that is fair yeah okay but like i said in that between time i went back to like an old classic uh film to watch on netflix and it was making me think about the segment that we have for our descendant discourse what do you have for our descendant discourse today so for Descendant Discourse, it's going back down to memory lane to when you were a kid and you would go and hang out with your family and you would do like family trips or like family events. And mm-hmm. and it's like, OK, did your family have like movie nights or did mm-hmm. they do like bowling or or did you guys go on like this one trip every year? Like nowadays the kids be going to like Great Wolf Lodge or something. I don't know. I see commercials for it. But I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like okay, what's the thing that like that's the thing that you do with your family? And it's like we're going we're all gonna go out and do this thing. Did you guys have anything? Usually it was bowling. Our, my family is extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. I'm told my boss today, I'm like, you think you're competitive? I guarantee you I will beat you. <laughs> and now we're being now we're being competitive about who's more competitive. But you know, as is so like bowling was definitely a thing. My mom never really cared. My sister definitely I mean, she cared sort of. Um, but my mom didn't really care that much. But then like everybody else is competitive. And I think that was definitely our thing. It's not like we went every week, but you know, when we did go, it was dope. I feel it was pretty dope. Yes. Uh, I can definitely contest you guys are are competitive. And I think even with like your mom and your sister, I kind of have that energy too, where it's like, I don't actually care if I win, but when I'm in the process and it's like all of the excitement, I do kind of ride out the competitive wave Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, I'm going to talk junk right now. I'm going to, you know, get involved in the energy to be like, oh, you can't do that. But I I really don't care. But (laughs) but it it feeds off of the energy to like make you feel like you're having more fun to to join the competitive energy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Actually, I think the only reason why I'm so competitive is so I can talk smack. That is the only reason I am a competitive, just so I could talk like, hey, I'm, you're trash. I don't care if I'm trash with you. You're still trash. You know, so it's, I, I love it. I, Did that create like any sibling rivalries with you and your, you know, your brothers and your sister? Um, I think it did a little bit between me and Jordan because, you know, we're both close to age and with us, it was, he would beat me a lot in just any physical thing. Like 
He rode a bike first. He was always better at sports than me. Aww. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely uh, insecurity. Definitely jealous of my brother at some points. But, um, yeah, it's what it is, you know. You grow, you learn. So, you go to therapy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> so, Talk it out in therapy. Exactly. You know, it is what it is. You, you, you grow and learn from it, and... I don't think it was any malice. I don't think I, I don't, I don't, yeah, no, I didn't hate my brother for anything. I was just like, dang, I really wish. I did hate my brother that one day that he rode a bike before me. There's this, like, the first time I tried to ride a bike, um, I was trying it all day, all day. My brother never rode a big bike before, just got on the bike, started riding. I was mad at him that day. Uh-huh. I don't even know how old I was, maybe like seven, eight, nine, something like that. I was definitely mad at him that day. He kind of taught him and and your aunt, my cousin, um, taught me how to ride a bike. Well, yeah, he literally just got on. And then my dad was like, oh, yeah, it's because he's been watching you. I didn't care, bro. (laughs) He was like, it wasn't supposed to be his turn. It was my turn. Yeah, I was supposed to ride it before you, bro. Like, it's not even the fact that I was supposed to ride it before you. Like, if he just did it and then I wasn't able to do it, I'd be like, all right, it is what it is. It's the simple fact that I was actually trying and I couldn't do it. And then he didn't try and he did it. I hate people like that. I hate it. You hate naturally gifted people. I hate it so much. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Show up and do a thing. Like, so naturally, easily. Type of stupidness. I, I get you. that though. I'm not naturally gifted in those coordinated type things. And um I did not have like I I I was very old when I was learning to ride that mm-hmm. bike. I was I was at least 16, but I feel mm-hmm. like I was older. Mm-hmm. And then um one of the things that was like is really popular where I come from is like skating. And I still to this, like, I feel like I went enough times to the skating rink that I probably should be able to skate, but I still can't. Mm. So it really would frustrate me because I'm like, everyone is looping around so fast. And especially like when you can skate, you can go on the, in like the inner parts. Okay. But I couldn't skate, so I have to stay on the outer part. But then it's like, it's a longer track. So I'm getting tired, struggling to get around the outer part. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I've been here like at least, like, I feel like about five times you should be able to to skate. And I couldn't do it. Mm. So then I wouldn't go to like that type of stuff. But for me, my siblings are so much more older than me that I definitely never had like a sibling rivalry with them and Mm -hmm. we didn't have like too many group things that we did together although we're going to talk about a trip there was the one trip that the three of us took to come down to Florida Mm -hmm. where we grabbed you guys to take that grandchild picture for our grandmother's birthday mm-hmm. and I just always like remember that one because like I said they're so much older than me we didn't do nothing together <laughs> like they probably have memories of like oh we went and did this and that but I'm like for me it was like y'all were and anytime that I did a thing with them it was like them taking me it wasn't like a, mm-hmm. a wee thing and um, but I remember it like 
I don't know that my brother was speeding, but I know he was driving fast. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, when the uh, there's a cop in the lane and everybody like starts to slow down. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pass this cop. <laughs> and he did and didn't get pulled over. Like he eased into it. Like, mm, I'm finna pass this. <laughs> and we were, and my sister was like hyping him up and I was in the back seat hyping him up. Like, yeah, we're passing the cop. <laughs> so excited. Um, I did that and I got a ticket. So that's to your brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and we're like doing interstate you know driving long distance yeah. driving i'm like that's not usually when you want to risk it to be getting a ticket but it was fun because i'm not driving 300 miles to go to court <laughs> that right. is factual <laughs> yeah that's probably like part of the reason we didn't take like more family trips because wherever like they probably would have wanted to go was was not where I would have gone or mm-hmm. like, you know, vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I would have always been like, we're going, I would go to Disney world. And they'd be like, what am I supposed to do at Disney world? Cause Disney world wasn't like how it is now mm-hmm. where it's like, it's got everything. Um, there was one time they took a trip to England and I was supposed to go with them, but I was super young. So I didn't, I wasn't used to going anywhere without like my parents or my yeah. mom in particular. And um, I was like, I don't want to go if mommy's not going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're looking at me like I'm stupid because they're adults. And they're like, I don't want to go anywhere. My mom's going. <laughs> you know, you get older, you like, I'm trying to get far away from my parents. But mm-hmm. I was I was a little kid. So I was like, I don't want to. I was probably like seven or something. I was like, I don't want to go if my mom's not going. Why would I go to where my mom's not going? Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't get to go to England. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that would have been, like, you in a whole other country at seven. I've talked about it with my sister. Well, I've, I mean, I went. But I talked about it with my sister since then. And that trip ended up being, like, not the best trip mm-hmm. for them. And um, And my comment was, like... And imagine if you had like a little kid that had to tag along with you because yeah. <laughs> like y'all are having a disagreement. I would have probably been crying because I never like, I still don't like when people like argue and stuff. I would be like, why are you guys fighting? <laughs> and, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, y'all are having an argument or do whatever. And then you would have had to contend with like a little kid or just like if y'all wanted to go out at night, you can't because you have a little kid or mm-hmm. just like whatever you have to do, you have to adjust for a little kid and mm-hmm. she was like no it would have been fine because you just do whatever I tell you and I'm like yeah but I'm also a little kid like I got little kid feelings I don't know sure very true my want to start rebelling at that point <laughs> exactly might choose death real early I would be like I want juice da 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 or whatever <laughs> you're not my mom <laughs> exactly <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That would have been a, definitely a memorable family trip, though. It would have been. That's why I'm like, the one that we did have and we only went to Florida, like, I remember that. But by then, I was in, like, middle school, so I was mm-hmm. good with being like, yeah, I don't need to be wherever my mom is at. Yeah. I like the, the first time all of us went to England. That was fun. That was a good time. That was when I was... Joel was a baby. Then I was probably like teenager or something. Mm. That was a good time. 
He wasn't actually a baby. He was walking, like he wasn't like a grandfather. <laughs> I'm like, we know how old he is. <laughs> Those two things don't correlate, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the first time for the three of us being in England was was um was 2018. Like that was when all five of us were in England mm-hmm. for the first time. I think and that was. I think going on a trip when people are all adults, I think that's a big game changer for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I can't wait to finally go on a trip with all my siblings because you know Joel's finally of age to partake in liquid fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I wonder. I I guess you guys are excited about that. I feel like it was a little bit more weird for me and my siblings Mm. because I think out of the three of us, I'm probably the biggest drinker. Mm. And, but I, I like try to curb it a little bit because I'm like, I'm, you know, he's my older siblings. I don't want Mm -hmm. them to judge me or whatever. Mm. Um, but then I'm like, but we're all adults. But then I'm like, but they don't really. But but it's not just them judging me. It's they don't partake like that either. So it's just being around. It's like I don't want to be the drunk person. Yeah. Around when everyone else is over. So. True. 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 I mean, I guess we like for my birthday, um, my thirtieth birthday. My, me and my siblings kind of turned up, but it was out without Joel, so that was kind of fun. So, I mean, I, I told I told everybody like I didn't care. I was getting I was gonna get pretty drunk. I did. I had a great time. So. Right, but it's gonna be you seeing how he turns up. Oh, I did. Oh, I'm. I will tell you a story after. Right, no, no, the podcast not being <laughs> recorded. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I've. Yeah. Anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would like to do a trip with the three of us because even when we went back to England again in in 2019, like my mom was still there, um, and my brother's girlfriend was there. Yeah. So it was still like, and we were there seeing you know all of our family in England. So it was yeah just an energy of there's a lot going on but we still sometimes went like in separate groups but it was never like the three of us doing this thing so um i'd like for us to have more like sibling outings or Mm. like even if it's not like a full-on trip just like okay we're gonna all go to dinner or to a bar or bowling (laughs) that was what y'all used to do um, just because I think out. the most we probably had was like dinner when I first got my apartment, mm-hmm. and it was just the three of us. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's not that bad. Yeah, it's actually, cute. Whatever. Coming to think of it, I think we're actually all gonna go out for the first time tomorrow. Hmm. So that'll be yeah. something to know. Y'all going for um, Danny's birthday? Yep. That's so nice. Yep. It will be interesting. It should be good. Like, I had fun when I was out um, with her and Jordan mm-hmm. when I was visiting the other day. And that was my first time drinking around them. Yeah, I'm still kind of mad because I've never really been to South Beach. So. 
So I'm kind of mad I missed that. Listen. Next time my we next time we'll see and next time I'll be like more prepared because again like we I didn't I don't know I didn't know South Beach was that expensive but now I know so I'll be more prepared for it mm-hmm. and it hopefully won't be like a last last minute trip which that was gotcha but that was fun let's head on over to a moment in media what you been watching. Uh, I, you know, had to, you know, this past week, uh, watch the queen herself, Zendaya, in the first episode of Euphoria of season two. Okay. I was about to say the first, first episode or just the first episode of season two. Okay. I called her well, queen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is fake. I mean, she's been doing a lot of things for a very long time, but she is an Emmy Award winning actress because of the first season of Euphoria, which yes, very much she killed. So I was also excited about the second season. I'm gonna say, I mean, Grant, all right, I'm gonna come back to my controversial statement, but okay. <laughs> um it was it was a really good episode and I mean Zendaya Zendaya's pull is like crazy just how her facial reactions and how she acts and everything steals the show um but it's more it's not even the writing for me it's the directing and the different shots and the emotions the director gets and everything the writing's cool I mean the writing's good but to me it's more of like like there's some tv shows that like or even movies that like you, you can give this to anybody and they'll probably, you know, they probably do the exact same thing, but like mm-hmm. whoever's doing euphoria, it's freaking amazing. Like, like the shots they do. I'm assuming you didn't watch it, right? No, I've seen every episode. I saw the second episode too. I didn't see the second episode. The second episode. I didn't see the second episode yet. Um, yeah. So it's Sam Levinson is the creator. And, um, I agree with you that like the shots that he does as a director and like is, is crazy. So I remember like, um, first season when they had one where they were in the hallway and it kind of did that, um, that circular motion, like, like when you watched, um, inception, but it was like, they were actually moving, the room around (laughs) in the fight scene but it was like that happening but it was just you know on one of those drug yeah drug fueled party nights or like the way that they would shoot um them in a bed but it was like the angle of the bed and it wasn't just clearly them laying down He, he does a lot of crazy beautiful stuff and it definitely brings a different energy to euphoria because euphoria is basically like a new version of something i came up on which is like skins and skins was good the writing was good but it definitely didn't give this imagery that euphoria has and especially Mm -hmm. like related to the drug intensity of it but not just that just like the different images for person so like every person has their own like personality and energy to them and so there's like I feel like things that he does with the camera work to be like this is a lighting or a background that's like specific 
to mm-hmm. Rue. This is one is specific to Cat. This one's specific to um, the guy everybody hates, Nate. The main character. Nate is not the main character. Rue is the main character. Bro, bro, and this is this is my controversial statement. This is the reason. Let's why hear it. Let's hear your I controversial statement. Every main event that happened in Euphoria season one happened around him. Every single thing. Not Rue, even though she is the best character, hands down. Everything happened around him. His dad hooked up with um, Jules. Hooked up with mm-hmm. Jules. He got tied up with that too. He, you know, was doing all this stuff with his his girl. Um, I mean, granted, like, his I mean, girl. his best, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers for season one. Auntie. Right. His best friend um, was dating another chick. Um, he got involved with Rouge's drug dealer. I forgot his name too. Fez. But that's that's to me. It's it's high school. All these people know each other and have a connection to each other. Connection? Yes. There's just way too many lines. Like if I was a, a, a detective and I was putting lines on a board. There's way too many lines on the boards going to him. But literally, Rue was the detective in the show putting things together. (laughs) Yeah, she's just the detective putting things together, but he is still... Okay, so think about this as like, for example, Great Gatsby. Gatsby Mm -hmm. may be the image of like the main character, but he's not the one telling the story. But because of the the ideal of like the way we're used to storytellers being like the sparkly white man, then it's like, yeah, we're putting this focus on this person. That's the storyteller. But you feel euphoria is like, okay, we're going to make this person that's narrating, telling everyone's story. So she's, mm-hmm. so she's kind she's kind of the string for everyone, even if she's not the one involved, involved in everything. In everything. Yes. I guess it's kind of a good point. But yes, part of, part of the reason why Nate is involved in everything is because he can't help himself but to... No. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. He can't help himself but to act. Like, like I think that's one of the things that they talk about. Like, sometimes he wish wishes he would do something differently or wouldn't be how he is. And then every single time he goes for that, that worst characteristic of himself and he does that thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. But in the instance of his dad, and this is the only, I think the the dad part is the only part that I think ties, which is why I think the shift focuses for goes from Rue being the narrator to him being the main character um, and she's just narrating the main character's life more or less is that he didn't have anything to do with his dad hooking up with um, Jules. He didn't have anything to do with it, but it was still directly tied to He him. did have something to do with it because he found his dad's um, DVDs. And I mean, he initially. started to blackmail. Well, A, he Jules, has yeah. he has an attract. He's, he is like his father in every way so the same way that his father has an attraction 
to uh, trans women, he also has an attraction, at least to Jules. I don't know if it's to trans women in general. And Mm -hmm. he hates himself for that. And he's then fueling like that energy. So I think even he would have been involved in that situation regardless. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, yeah. Mm, Yeah, I guess. I feel like his dad was just kind of used. I mean, I don't know if he's in episode two, but I feel like his dad was just kind of used as a character building point. No, his dad is definitely still there because his dad is the prototype, like the original to all of his shenanigans. That's my point is that like he was just kind of used as a, you know, that's a character building point. Like from this point on, you don't really need the dad because we realize where Nate came from. All right, well, you know. watch episode two. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Him and his damn dad's chili. Oh, that's that's that chili, which is probably. That was an amazing episode. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, my God, this is just way too much. I, think I-, I definitely feel like they're trying to, to do more things and and you may mm-hmm. be right with them really trying to push Nate and his imagery or whatever um, but mm-hmm. they're also adding new people so we'll see what happens with all that I would like for them to go more into Rue's actual home life and not just like the narrator of it because I feel like Rue's stuff is focused on two things the fact that she does drugs and the fact that she's in love with Jules and there's just a lot more that that is around that like every time I see a, like images with her and her sister I like that but I'm also like Clearly, everything that Rue does has to strongly affect the sister. And we don't ever see, like, how that affects the sister. Or, like, the fact that the mother is a single mother who knows that they have an addict child and probably has a lot of expenses coming from the fact that she was caregiving for her sickly husband. I'm like, what's going on with that? Like, that would be an interesting story to tell as opposed to an abusive child and his abusive father. <laughs> it would almost seem like the storytelling is almost centered around Nate. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about mm-hmm. that because, you know, we're all up in Nate's family. I mean, we'll see. It's Every, it's, you know, everybody got family. So what was your favorite part of that first episode since that's what you've seen so far? Um, I feel like my favorite, and you know, I think my favorite part was when they had like, he was highlighting all the main cast, like in that flash Mm -hmm. right before New Year's. And we all knew what was. I think the best part of this, the this is that like even though you might know what's happening, he like hypes it up so much. So like even the flashing all the main characters and their little moment or whatever the case may be, and he literally hypes up the counting down to midnight, and you know what's gonna happen. Like I was not surprised what happened, you know, but when it happened, it happened. Right, which was like, okay, I see where you're saying, like, everything 
I don't like it, but I see what you're saying where everything may be surrounded around Nate because that was Fez's episode. <laughs> yes, 100%. 100%. And the first half was like, okay, we're we're in Fez's world. We're understanding why he is the way he is. Um, and then we go to this party where it's becoming very much about Cassie and Nate and if they're going to get caught. And Jules... And which was crazy, by the way, <laughs> but it kind of made sense. And Jules yeah. and Rue, and if Rue's gonna get caught, which mm-hmm. I'm like, everybody can't tell she back on drugs. Like it just seems like the the most obvious thing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, Jules do. I just, I just, I'm just like to be at these parties where it's like pretty much all of these kids have a substance abuse problem but mm. it's known that Jules that Rue is an addict so yeah either they want to help her by not putting her in that environment or they're just like oh we're all you know teenagers so it doesn't matter like but when when she feels like she has to hide it from her her girlfriend, I'm like, what's the point? All y'all out here doing stuff. Her best friend's a drug dealer. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, like he's like he doesn't want her to use it, but it's like he's yeah that that yeah, episode when he would not sell her drugs, I was like, good for you, yeah. Fez. He care yeah. about her, but he's also like she's she's reckless. So let me keep an eye on her. Yeah, I think that's a main reason why he wants to keep her close because you know, she'd be reckless for sure. Fez is the most loving person. That's what we found out in the first episode. Like, he cares about people. Way too much. And I think that uh, after what Nate did to him in the first season, he's like, we got to draw a line to sand somewhere. And I feel like he did. And... What happened happened. Yeah, because he's just calm about everything. He was calm about about beating Nate's. He was real calm about that. Yeah, and I was and I, I was kind of a little bit sad because I'm like, bro, like you you about to talk to this girl. This girl was a hundred percent feeling you. Like you could have got laid. Do you think he can tell though? Like he don't have much social interactions with people, so I don't know if he realized that she was also feeling him. I think he was just like, oh, I like her. I'm gonna have this conversation. Yeah, that was it. That's that's all he did. So I thought that, like, even though I knew he was probably gonna do what he did, um, I still was kind of hopeful that he wouldn't because he was talking to this girl, and then he got her number. I was like, oh dang, he's about to go, and then you know he got up to go, and then I'm like, oh no, he's not gonna go. <laughs> he's not gonna go. All right, it is what it is. That was still a very good episode. I have to watch episode two. Too. Yeah. What about your moment in media? What did you watch this week? Well, it's not going to be as as good as um, Euphoria. I did not know you watched Euphoria. We Ben could have talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. My moment in media is going to be The Amazing Race. I used to watch it a long time. <laughs> As you see, I'm not even not that super excited to talk about it. But yes, it's just this season feels like 
a good time for me to get back into it because Mm -hmm. they initially started it right before COVID hit. COVID. Mm. So in the third episode, they had to stop the race in the middle of the race (laughs) Um, to be like, we need to send everyone home because of COVID. So then this week's episode, everyone came back. Well, no, not everyone. There were nine teams that had left off in the last one. And so only five teams of the of the nine teams who were still in the race came back. Cause it was 19 months later and it's like people's lives and circumstances changed. Like yeah. one of the couples, um, was pregnant. So of course now they're not gonna be yeah. doing that. Another couple was going to be in the race. And then they, um, said that one of their relatives had passed away, like right. Probably when they were in like the quarantine phase. So they didn't yeah. get to come back. Um, another set, uh, another partnership friends, the ones that are famous from having, um, saved people in that terrorist attack in France. One of them got a job and was like, I, you know, don't really want to leave my new job. And then another couple was like in a relationship and broke up. So it's like, they had to bring back the people who originally lost like there were two teams and they brought them back and it still wasn't enough people, but it was enough for them to say, we're going to keep doing the race. And mm-hmm. it was just like exciting to think about because I'm like, this was a show that a lot of people wanted to be on because of the international aspect, the notion of being able to like go all over the world, see the world, experience all these type of things. And then you're trying to engage in it in this new experience of COVID where everyone's already having these like issues and travel. So I, I feel like it was a good time to go back to just kind of like, again, see the world and see what's like interesting about it. Um, I'm in the process of getting my passport renewed. I'm waiting for it to come back to me. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm like, it was inspiring to look at and say, okay, I would like to plan trips again of where I'd like to be things I'd like to do. And and I mean more than just going to Tulum, Mexico. I've never been to Mexico, mm-hmm. but, um, and I'm not opposed to going to Tulum, but that's not like my biggest flex that I'm trying to make out here. Like I really want to see the world and see like historical landmarks and experience really interesting places and not just being a hot villa doing hot girl shit or whatever. Hey. I'm not a hot girl. That's not my energy. <laughs> As it says in my hot bumble, I'm a corny chick, so <laughs> and You're not corny at all. I enjoy being corny. You take that back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you just like being inside, have your little wine. I mean, I go outside and also drink the wine. But I'm like, I wanna go yeah, to yeah. a place where it's like I would like to go to Italy and have some real wine. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. Okay, that's true. I would also like to do that, though. I've also never been to Mexico, and I would like to go. So. Yeah, but you have very little to say on the Amazing Race. I know it's not the most interesting no, thing. Well, the one thing. <laughs> no, it's cool. Like, I mean, CBS has these shows. I feel like that. I've. I mean, that I feel like are interesting, but like I never want to sit down and watch like The Amazing Race, Survivor. I did watch Survivor during quarantine, like an episode, uh, mm-hmm. season, which I'm like, 
I understand why people like this. It's a very interesting show. I agree with you. CBS, it's not that the shows are bad, but I definitely always felt like they were not young people shows. They weren't, like, exciting. No, they're definitely not. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely definitely not. They're definitely made for, like, middle-aged people. 100%. They know their demographic, and they keep to it. They keep to it for sure. So, I mean, it's cool. I mean, the amazing, uh, the one thing I do like about the amazing race is that, like, I mean, I would love to travel. So, like, they do, maybe that is a good reason why it's back. So, it can inspire people to, you know, try to travel again and try to get back to some type of normalcy. So, yeah. And experience, like, some of the smaller aspects, like the cultural things, too, where, like I said, it's not just like going to the, big party city and going to a party but like actually going to a country and experiencing some of the small town culture the things that places are most known for um yeah exactly sounds good all right so you have been passing on these major headline topics and you were like we have got to talk mm-hmm. about this so i'm ready to throw down in some opinions. Cousin Nate, tell us what's going on in the world. I saw in the headline of an article that Florida, and I feel bad because, you know, I was rocking Ron DeSantis' name last you episode. You did. You you were giving him so, pats on the back and hoorahs and all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to be quiet. But to be fair, I was doing it because of COVID. Because I said, quote, he is letting me live my best life. Ron DeSantis has 100% on that. Uh, while, you know, people are in New York and their um, their, their economy. I've, I talked to a, a lady. She's from New York. She's like, you know, a lot of places. She, I think she's from Buffalo. She's like, Look, a lot of these places are shut down. Like, the mall shut down. Like, these places are shutting down because everything's, you know, there's no work. Partly because of, you know. COVID because like you had to shut down you could not reopen but Ron DeSantis opened up pretty much everything for better or worse whatever um so I mean that's the reason why I I liked him but you know he wants to now propose a bill to um that would prohibit public schools and private businesses from making white people feel discomfort um, while they teach students or train employees about discrimination in the nation's past received from its approval Tuesday. That was the, that's what I saw. So my, you know, my thing on it, right? I've, I've heard the other side to this where, you know, people say like, hey, you know, people, white people shouldn't feel or anybody shouldn't feel some type of way about their um, the color of their skin, I guess. Like, they shouldn't feel some type of way because of what's happened in the past because they had absolutely nothing to do with it. Granted. And I can even go with it because even if that is true, um, then you shouldn't feel any type of way about the history that's happened. You know, when I learned about the history that happened, that the Nazis, what they did to the Jews, mm-hmm. I only feel any type of way because that has nothing to do with me. I didn't do I it. Was, I, I was going to make 
a point, but I was trying to let you finish, but you went straight into the area of that point. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's Germans do not need to feel a way about the Nazis um, discriminating and killing and murdering against Jews. Mm-hmm. But that's in part because the history is taught to them as history to not be mm-hmm. repeated. So they are living in exactly. a current time frame where they know that those same practices are not being continued or would not be continued. They don't exactly. have anything to feel guilt or discomfort about. People who mm-hmm. feel guilt or discomfort, I would feel like would be people that are seeing that it's in history and then it's also still being practiced. And and it's not just uh, racial discrimination or education. It's also sexual, nas- national orientation, all of that type of stuff. So if you are in a business and they're trying to teach you about not discriminating against people, not harassing people, blah, blah, blah. And as a white person or as a man, you feel guilt about it. Is it because you are enacting those practices and you want to keep, and you don't want to feel bad about it? They're telling you what to do. Stop doing it. <laughs> they're, they're giving you ways to behave, not to make you feel guilty, but for to teach you an appropriate way to maneuver or they're teaching you in schools Mm -hmm. to say this is what used to happen so that it doesn't have to be repeated any form of guilt you feel isn't the person's fault for teaching you about history or about bad practices it's on you for doing it true and for upholding it um and I think the only reason why this is coming about is because a lot of people are saying, and to be fair, I have also seen, and I'll just use the same example of the Jews and the Nazis, um, where they say, or the, in this instance, if the Jews would say, hey, if you're a German, stop persecuting Jews, you know, years after, you know, in this same type of vein. And I feel like they... And I have heard it, I have seen it, where like people are saying, like, you know, white people this, white people that. Um, and like, you know, and I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think that's right. I think that if you want to have people take, if I want people to take me at Facebook, I have to do the exact same. Um, not granted, am I going to have prejudices because of my past experiences? 100%. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I can't, I don't think I could do is try, I guess I could say, you know, I feel like this legislation is going to be, mm, it's not going to help anything. You know, I feel like, Mm. I feel like, you know, I, again, I've always been an advocate, which is part of the reason why I started my podcast. Like I was an advocate of talking about issues regardless of your opinion let's come together let's talk about this regardless of what you think of right and i think that you i mean not you specifically but like we as a people just need to do that 
you know, and I don't think they need to be scared about having an opinion. So if you regard, if you think that this piece of legislation is a good idea, okay, tell me why. I, w- I would be curious um, to see um, who would say that, especially because in looking up, no, no, no. in looking <laughs> up this, like articles on the subject, just looking up Ron DeSantis, basically what I'm saying or seeing is him being lifted up more within his party as like a positive example. And it seems like he's putting things out there, putting things in place, not just because this is generally a thing that he wants to put in place for the state of Florida. It's a thing that Mm -hmm. has gained national attention and is putting Mm -hmm. him in place to do a presidential bid. Like it sounds Mm -hmm. good to people across the country who feel, who have specifically been going against or trying to remove things like critical race theory from being talked about in school or feeling like there's been um, reverse discrimination practices against certain types of people, Mm -hmm. as they like to put it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for anyone that is, who has issues with things like critical race theory or just general political correctness or feels like their personal beliefs are being attacked and they can relate relate to certain like GOP size. They're like, who is going to be the leader to fight for me? And it's, it's just going with those hot button topics. If critical race theory has been talked about all this time, what do I need to say, put into place, put into the law makers eyes to get people to see me and want me to be their leader. So what is critical race theory? Critical race theory and my understanding of it is mm-hmm. providing a more accurate depiction of history that doesn't just range from like presidential um, candidates and a a more accurate depiction of history that gives a perspective of all of the races or all of the experiences of people within America, how their their Mm -hmm. lives were being affected throughout history in that moment. So, for example, when I was in, like, think my junior year and we were taking AP US history and we would talk about like Andrew Jackson or something. You can talk about all of the different things that Andrew Jackson put into place in his presidency. Well, how did that affect black people? How did that affect women? How did that affect so-and-so? And typically that's not the way that it's taught in history. It's just like, this is what happened. Here's a test on it. And it doesn't give the range of perspectives of Here's how all of those things flowed throughout the entire country and affected everyone from the top to the bottom. And critical race theory is trying to give more of that glimpse. And Mm -hmm. because a lot of that is negative in the viewpoint of everything that happened in history wasn't sparkly and grand. People were just like, oh, no, just learn the facts so you can take a test on it. But we don't want to make any one race look good or feel bad or whatever. But... 
it it adds to there being even necessary things that people tend to not like being like, oh, we have to have a Pacific Islander month. We have to have a Black History Month. We have to have a Hispanic Heritage Month because we don't talk about the range of how these people were affected throughout history in class. So we have to give mm-hmm. them a very specific time and we're trying to jam everything that ever happened to them into one month of, of discussion. But it's like, if we just talked about everything for everybody in history at the same time, you wouldn't have to give people specific months, especially since there's always going to be gaps when you do that. Um, but people don't like that because it it feels like they're being guilt ridden and called out for things that they have no control over. But I'm like, if it, if you weren't there, then why do you feel guilty? <laughs> I will. You saying all that, I will say that their other side has somewhat of a merit because. Again, I'm going to use the same example of Jews and Nazis. Um, when that when the Holocaust happened, people it wasn't the Germans that people hated; it was the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Granted, a lot of Nazis were German, but not every German was a Nazi. So that symbol of Nazi, which is why, like you know, if you see the swastika on any white person now like you're like oh you're a racist Mm -hmm. because that's a symbol of basically racism not basically it is um so and i think in america it's a little bit different we have an example of that it's called the confederate flag but people don't want to acknowledge it as such but that's i think that's a perfect example where um People will say, "Hey, it's history, blah blah blah." blah. Um, and even but that's but that's I've my never... thing. It's it's an example of history, and you're not trying to give the range of what that history represents. You just want to say it's history, so that you can continue to hold on to it, as opposed to to move well, on from it. Well, all right, so. I can take, and the reason why I've never understood the argument, because I can take the whole race You're out. You're saying for critical take, race theory? No, no, no. Just, well, I'm going at a little of a tangent now. But, like, you can, for having the Confederate flag, right? Just out and about. Um, I can take the whole, the whole white-black thing out, right? Just the fact that you're an American citizen, having the Confederate flag out and about, to me, makes no sense. Apparently, that wasn't even the a national flag for the confederacy so that also makes absolutely no sense Mm -hmm. Um, but you were trying to explain why you understood the other side for people oh sorry not um, when in critical race theory oh so with the nazis there was a symbol in america there wasn't necessarily a symbol it was just hey you're white no that's that's not the and hold on let me finish I'm just saying that that's, I feel like that's what the other side is saying and I've, or thinking and, you know, and I'm, but and that's I, because be that's fair, a specific item in history being the point of the Nazis and in their period of time from the late twenties to, you know, the end of world war two or whatever, point is, but, but there, but with critical race theory, it's the entire expansion of, 
American history that they literally want to whitewash because they don't want to talk about how in those periods of time, this is how other people were affected. Even, for example, we have to talk about the beginning of American history, what happened Mm -hmm. to Native and Indigenous people. And when they talk about the Trail of Tears, they're just like, oh, well, they moved over here. They don't want to actually explain, like, what happened, which is war, essentially. Like, you can, if you can talk about war in any other capacity, you talk, like, Mm -hmm. why is it that when it comes to this aspect, you don't want to explain it as war to, for land? But you can talk about war, um, between, like, to European countries trying to conquer America, but you don't want to talk about how it was war against the native people to conquer their land. We tried to, yeah. That's a good point. That's, that's to me where it's like, it's not about it being reverse racism. It's about, you don't want to call or explain the items of what happened in history for the range of all the people that were affected by it in the very clear terms of what happened because you feel guilt for it. But then you're saying that other people are making you feel guilty. Mm. That's not, if you feel guilty, it's because you know that, that there are potentially still things in place that have affected what happened then now, and those things haven't been changed. So that's why it's different from what happens in Germany, because the Germans have put things in place where the Nazis aren't going to be in a position to continue to negatively uh, affect Jewish people. But in America, it's still like, well, native people, were pushed to very specific land and now their land still being that's supposed to be protected by, you know, international sanctions because they're viewed as like a different country. But then America's like, Oh, well we need to make this pipeline. So we're just going to do it through your land. Mm -hmm. But also we don't want to talk about what really happened to get you to that small piece of land in the first place. We're just going to say, y'all decided to move. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not that a point. My point is the only difference in all of that is that with Nazis, they had a specific symbol to point a finger to. Um, in American history, um, there is no specific symbol besides the Confederate flag, um, or whatever they call. So, because there's no symbol, it makes everyone feel bad. Um, I think it makes people feel bad if they point a finger to all white people now granted it's not all white people it's government rate, officials <laughs> it's they fault that just so happened to be white yes I no agree. it wouldn't it was, just so happen whole, to be white that was purposeful that was that was 100 structured in the whole, system <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole problem. i will say like now government officials who continue to do those things, they just so happen to be all kinds of colors and it's all their fault. But back then they were white. But what I'm I'm saying is if you feel confident about the things that are in place now being more Mm -hmm. fair and equal, if you do, Mm -hmm. then you shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel bad about what happened in the past because in theory, you've made changes to not repeat that. That's what I'm saying with like, I agree. And that's a part that I don't get is, you know, if the shoe doesn't fit, why do you care? And that's my, you know, the whole point of this whole so-called brand is that, like, 
if it doesn't apply to you. Why are you mad, you know, sis? Why are you mad? <laughs> why? You, there's no reason for you to say that my best friend's black. You know? Like, but that's why I think no it's reason. not really about him being mad. It's about him speaking to the thing that's already a hot button item to put himself in higher in the eyes of people who would potentially vote. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. Like, he, I, I know that he's doing whatever he has to do to do, do political. And I don't, that's the part that I don't like. Uh, I mean, I, I guess if he does believe in it, and I don't think it will pass, but like, if he believes in it and he wants to do Why that. Why wouldn't it pass? I'll, I'll, um, I don't know. You don't think there'd be enough Florida voters that, that will, in theory, it's a bill. So it'd be the representatives in Florida, but do you not think there are enough? representatives that would pass that bill through because they have that in like you know a lot of the local texas governments are passing that through they got no problem with being like we vote out critical race theory yeah i have to i'm gonna have to get back to you Uh, i didn't mean to put you on the spot with a pop quiz (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to deep dive into this because I'm like I, I like there's there has to be a reason why people are and, and again I've I've seen like quick videos and I've seen like people use examples of black people calling all white people out and blah 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 blah. That totally makes sense. Is that happening? But I'm, are people doing that at t- teaching that at school and putting it in the private businesses? Because that's where he specifically was targeting with his bill to say in schools and in. Pr- private businesses where um, educational tools regarding history cannot Mm -hmm. reference things that will make white people feel guilty and then in the discrimination uh, videos and education that you get in private businesses it can't make white people and men feel guilty and it's like so how do you like how do you properly educate students in school and how do you protect people who are of the protected genres, groups, if you can mm-hmm. call people out in case they feel bad. The only reason you would feel bad is if you are not aligning with the practices that are being asked of you. I just... This is the reason why I'm a moderate. Cause... I don't have a political party that I affiliate with. I just vote when it's time to vote and I look up who's saying what, because the reality is you can only choose from the options that are presented to you. This is true. Build, I mean, one of these days we'll talk about politics, but yeah, I have it on the list, even though I don't like politics, but I do have it on. <laughs> you can't I get away from it. <laughs> I love politics. Mm, that is a and- part of the familial trait. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not even like to argue. And I think I learned a lot about, you know, how my family talked about politics. And that's probably shaped my, I think that was literally the foundation of how I view politics Mm. because there's some stuff that, you know, your dad will agree with and some stuff that my dad will agree with. And I might agree with some of the stuff that your dad does. And I agree with some of the stuff that my dad does. But when we get to that episode of politics, my way of shaping my political views was that for the longest time, my family couldn't be involved in politics. I would just look at them like, you talking, talking all this talk, but you can't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Now, now they can do something about it. So I guess I have to engage in conversation with them. 
It's uh, I don't know. This world is a little, little, little cray cray. I just felt like this bill was, you know, it was definitely a statement out of pocket. It's out of pocket a little bit. Just a little bit. I guess I'll bring up this one more thing that I saw. Um, because it was on the complete other side of the spectrum. So um, the other thing that I saw was Gary Chambers running for Senate in Louisiana. And, you know, he's out here smoking the blunt for his political office. I was like, I mean, granted, I don't partake in the weeds. Sure. <laughs> I don't smoke. Um, but, you know, I was like, yo, brother, I'm here for it. You know, it was. And, you know, during the whole during the whole commercial, he was like, you know, basically, this doesn't make sense. There's no reason why people should be basically locking up black people for this. Yeah. Fire up people, are in, the general, people in general, but specifically mm-hmm. black people. Um for this and he just hit the button I'm like and you know that's the type of stuff that I like you know regardless and I said it before regardless of what I don't like the politic and regardless of what you believe just say whatever you gotta say with your chest and he took a deep breath (laughs) (laughs) and he said it with his chest fire are the days of a politician claiming they did not inhale you know the weeds when they were smoking it or like that's not you know I never I never would have done weed like now they're just like yes I've done it I'd still want to do it and I want to make it legal so that whoever else is doing it doesn't have to worry about criminalization because you know drugs are a part of this world and there's a lot of them that are legal so why not this one I've, I mean, I can only go by my personal experience. I've known a lot of black people, right? And a decent amount of really? black people. You know a lot of black people? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> and, you know, and I feel like there's more, percentage-wise, and this is going on the top of my head, I'm not exactly counting, but um, I think there's a lot of people, I think in both, really, there's a, you know, it's about the same amount of percentage of black people and white people that smoke weed. It's, oh, yeah. it's not like why people don't smoke weed. <laughs> I feel like everybody smokes yeah. weed at this point. It's like having a tattoo, honestly. I don't have one um, of those, but I hear what you're saying. I don't do either. <laughs> you know, it's just like so commonplace at this point. You know, that I mean, you know, it's so easy. It's like, you know, you can go pick up, you know, people just use a pick up line. Yo, you smoke? You want to smoke? Yeah. At this point, like, like five, two years ago, it'd be like, yo, do you smoke? Now it's like, you want to smoke? Yeah. It's <laughs> no longer like a taboo. Like, like I said, it's more colloquial in nature so it's like why are we continuing to criminalize any people and disproportionately criminalize people of color for a thing that everyone is talking about it's more in the media and it's not in the media like oh my gosh it's the family episode with the parental advisory on it where they're telling everyone don't smoke guys it's not good. It's just like, no, this is a part of the, like we were just talking about euphoria, like one of the most popular shows on HBO. It's all kinds of drugs, like all the drugs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's definitely a different type of world. And I feel like, you know, with, with 
with shows like Euphoria, it gets people, and that's what I always just want to do. I just want to get to a place where we can just talk about it. And Euphoria it does an amazing job. I feel like you know, getting to the mind of a teenager, so that people just talk about drugs. I wish I'd known you were going to pick Euphoria because that was actually the the topic that I was originally thinking of. For Descendant discussion, so we can talk about it next week. But I want to talk about all of the parental advisory things that your parents try to keep you from. So, like, no drugs, no alcohol, no songs with bad words. Like, all the things that they were like, we don't do that here. And when you started to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. That one. Next week we'll get into that. That one I got. Yeah, all right. I think that that leads up to the end of this episode because <laughs> I'm excited for next week. I know we we did a lot of good conversation, a lot of good combos. The cousins were conversing a combos a little bit, a little bit. So, if you guys enjoyed this episode and you want to connect with us, please catch us on Instagram and Twitter at Cuzzo Convos. You can also send us any questions, comments, or just hit us up at Convos at gmail.com. All right, this ends Cuzzo Convos. We thank you for joining our family, and we'll see you next time. Yes, sir.